Father, we just thank you so much for this time we have together today. We're looking to the law of liberty, asking you for utterance, asking you for, to speak to us, encourage us. Lord God, may there be a revelation come forth today about living long and living strong. We honor you, Lord. We give you praise. And I want to thank you personally, Lord, for 73 years of life. I thank you for the great grace of God and your great mercy. And by your grace and in your perfect will, Lord, I will live longer and live stronger for the glory of God and fulfill everything that you place in our hearts to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, every one of you are really going to want to pay very close attention to today's message. Because during the course of this message, I'm going to give you some keys to longevity. Keys to living long and living strong. Well, somebody says, I'm only 30 years old. How much more should you pay attention? Because quite frankly, there's a thief out there. And he comes to kill and to destroy. Does he not? And so whatever your age may be, whether you're youth, whether you're young, whether you're middle age, and whatever middle age is, I don't know. Because I believe that it's the will of God for all of us to live until we're fully satisfied. Amen? Brenda just talked about increase. Well, the Lord will increase you more and more. That not only means in the air of your pocketbook, but that also means in the quality of your life. He can increase years to your life. So that you can literally have days of heaven upon the earth. And we've got a whole lot more to do with the length of our life and the quality of our life than I think we realize. Jesus said, I am come, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's not only the God quantity, but that's also the God quality of life. You need to believe God that it is, is in fact the will of God for you to live long. But you're not really living unless you're living for Him. I mean, you can live for yourself. And like somebody on TV says, how's that working for you? Well, it's not. And it never will. To live for yourself will never produce joy in your life. So let's live for Him. With everything that we have. Let's seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things, included long life, length of days, are going to be added unto you. Is anybody interested in living long and living strong? Now, if we took time today, we could go through the whole 91st Psalm. We're talking about living in the last days. And here's what we've discovered thus far. When we live in the secret place of the Most High, that's how we must live. It is our safe place. It is our place of saturation where the anointing keeps us and lifts us and builds us up. But it's also our resting place. It's also our saying place. I will say of the Lord. Amen. It's also our covering place for he will cover us with his pinions. And under his wings we will take refuge. He covers us. But it's also our fearless place. We do not have to be intimidated for one moment in any way, fashion, or form by the enemy because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
And then it is our place of authority. Thou shalt tread upon serpents and scorpions. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The enemy you must keep underfoot. You have been authorized in the name of Jesus to live victoriously. This secret place is also a place where we partake of the heavenly promises of God. In Psalm 91 verses, uh, I believe it's 14 through 16. In the NLT it says this, Psalms 91. And let's look at verses 14 through 16. Amen. I know I'm way ahead of you up there, but that's all right. Let's read it together. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. Let's stop right there. What does it mean to love God? It doesn't just mean to show up for church every Sunday morning. To love God is to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of your strength, to keep His commandments. And it is those that He will rescue. I'm going to rescue those who love me. And I will protect those who trust in my name. Next verse. When they call on me, I just might answer if I'm in a good mood. No, he says, when they call on me, what will he do? I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. And he's not just going to be with you in trouble. He's there with you in trouble to put you out of and over the trouble. Amen. I will rescue and I will honor them. That is for those who set their love upon him. Now notice the rest of the verses, if you will. And here's what we want to get into today. I will reward them with a long life. And I will keep and I will give them my salvation. King James says, I will satisfy them with long life. And I will show them my rescue, my protection, my deliverance. I will cause them who partake of my promises to live long and to live strong. And so lastly in this series on living in the last days... Let's talk about the secret place is your place of full satisfaction. And this is what I want to center in on today. How to live long and strong. And I want to give you some keys. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. For as the Father has life in Himself, so has He given Jesus to have life in Himself. And He came to give you Life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Now there's just a host of scriptures that talk about long life. And what our part in it is. Now I no way do I have all the answers. But I tell you who does. God does. The Bible has all the answers. And all the keys to you living a good life. And living a strong life. And you fulfilling your purpose in this life. And so I do not have an exhaustive list today. But I have some things that I believe the Spirit of God led me to say to you this morning. For example, turn with me to Psalm 34. And look at 
verses 12 through 13. Psalm 34, verses 12 through 13. Number one, refrain your tongue from evil. Refrain your tongue from evil. Verse 12 says, What is man that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Now what this says to me, as a way of life, I cannot speaking, I cannot be speaking words of death. I must speak words of life. When it comes to my self-talk, I can't listen to the lies that the enemy brings to my soul. I've got to look into the perfect law of liberty and think on that and speak that. I cannot belittle God's workmanship. You see, we must speak words of life over our life. And we must speak words of life over our loved ones. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, it says something that's very interesting. He says, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace to God's favor to those who hear it. Now, when we're talking about corrupt communication, we're not necessarily talking about evil. Corrupt communication, evil speech, is any speech that is outside the parameters of God's Word. Corrupt communication, unwholesome talk, is not beneficial for your own life. Nor is it beneficial to your friends. Nor is it beneficial to your loved ones. And so when God says, let your tongue not speak evil, he's saying, rather, let your tongue speak good things. If you want to live long, if you want to enjoy life, you need to get a grip on your lip. Look at your neighbor and say, get a grip on your lip. Point to yourself. I'm getting a grip on my lip. See, death and life are where? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So instead of thinking about and talking about all of your aches and all of your pains, think about and talk about all of your aches and pains that Jesus took on Calvary. He bore your sin He bore your disease. I know you're hurting. I know you don't feel good some days. But it doesn't do you any good to talk about it. You're going to say something. You might as well talk God's word. No more toxic talk. I think of Ed Dufresne when I hear that word toxic talk. He used to say toxic talk. Toxic talk is corrupt communication. Instead of talking about what you don't have, talk about what you do have. Instead of talking about what you can't do, talk about what you 
can do. Instead of talking about all of the problems in this world, start talking God talk. Start speaking their spiritual language away with corrupt communication. Amen. Be very careful about the words you speak over yourself. Don't diminish God's creation. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody says, well, I'm a little fat. Well, so am I. But I'm not going to let it ruin my life. And I'm not going to get on some sort of treadmill of legalism so that I can look in the mirror and say, look at moi. Hey, when God sees you, He sees you through the lens of righteousness. He sees you through the lens of being complete in Him. He doesn't see fat. He doesn't see skinny. He doesn't see tall. He doesn't see short. He doesn't see hairless. He doesn't see hair. He sees a new creation in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So see yourself the way He sees you. Think about yourself the way he thinks about you. Say what he said, and you will have what you say. Away with corrupt communication. Train yourself. Train yourself. School yourself into faith. Somebody says, well, I spoke a bunch of wrong words this morning. Well, repent. And turn away from that stuff. Amen. So number one, keep your tongue from evil. Number two, keep his word. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. Proverbs chapter three, he says, My son, forget not my law or my word, but let thine heart keep my commandment. Now notice this in verse two. For length of days and long life and peace, they shall add to thee. But here's what I want you to see about this verse. He said, number one, don't forget my word. Don't be a forgetful hearer of God's word. Forget not his benefits. But then he goes on to say, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now that word keep there literally means do. So once you have my word and you hold fast to my word, do my word. And as you do my word, you will experience length of days long life, and not only that, but you'll have peace while you're living long. God wants you to have peace while you're living. Away with the stress, away with the wringing of hands, away with the worry, away with the anxiety, and invite the peace of God that passes all understanding to keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. So say it with me. I'm not only... A diligent hearer, but I'm a diligent doer of the Word of God. Now notice with me what the result will be. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. He said, This whoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him as a wise man. You're wise when you hear and do which built his house upon a rock. The foundation he dug deep into and he built it on the rock of revelation knowledge, the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Now notice with me in verse 25. And the rain descended and the rains will fall. And the floods will come. And the winds will blow. And it will beat upon your house. It will beat upon your soul. But it does not have to fall. I said it does not have to fall. It fell not. Now unto him that is able to keep you from failing. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him that is able in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the flood, in the midst of the heaviness in this world, he will keep you because you're founded upon the rock of revelation knowledge. What I'm saying is this, the storms of life are not going to take you out because you've built your life on the rock. In Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 10, it says this, Hear my son and receive my sayings. Receiving the sayings has to do with hearing and doing. And the years of thy life shall be shortened. Young people, are you listening to this? Middle-aged people, are you listening to this? Those in our 70s and 80s, are you listening to this? Receive His sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Don't let medical science determine how long you're going to live. Don't let your genetics determine how long you're going to live. Don't let anything or anybody make that determination. You must live long and live strong for the glory of God. (coughs) Amen. Number three. If you want to live long and you want to live strong in these last days, you must be a fighter. got to be a fighter. you got to be a fighter. You can't be a quitter. And the verse we want to look at is 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. I want us to read it together. Everyone read. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you have been called, and has professed a good profession... Before many witnesses. Everyone say fight. Fight. The good fight. fight. Of faith. faith. It does not say fight one another. Does it? It literally does not even say fight the devil. Now wait a minute. He's already defeated. But there is a fight. And our fight for the most part, is staying in faith. Our fight is refusing the thoughts of defeat and the thoughts of failure. Someone said to me the other night when we was leaving the building, I talked about on Wednesday night how the devil told me I would never preach in this building. I would never preach in this facility. He told me he was going to take me out before we had our first service. And she said, oh, I'm glad you said that. And she said, here's why. Because the people need to know that you deal with the same things that they deal with. We all have thoughts. We all have imaginations that come to our soul. But what are we to do with those? 
We're not to listen to them. We're not to just fold our hands and listen to those lies all day. But rather we're to open our heart. We're to open our mind to the living Word of God. And let it cleanse our soul. And let it purge our hearts. Hallelujah. I know I'm shouting today, but I feel like shouting. It's resisting those images that He brings to your soul. Fighting the good fight of faith is an absolute determination to never back down and never quit. We must shake off setbacks. Keith Hershey said, don't let a setback cause you to sit back, rise up, and get ready for a Holy Ghost comeback. I prophesy over you today, come back. I prophesy over you over today, turn around. Hallelujah. Don't break down. Prepare for a breakthrough. Look at your name and say, don't break down. But get ready, get ready, get ready. For a breakthrough. Woo! Glory to God. A breakthrough. Here's how Paul summed up his life. At the end of the race, he said this. And man, he had some opportunities to quit. Paul said it this way. None of these things are going to move me. Because if God is for me, what difference does it make Who is against me? This great apostle of faith said, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And at the very end of his life, he said, I've fought the good fight and I have finished my course. I'm glad Paul didn't let his course finish him. Paul finished his course. And you have a course. You have a race. I'm not exactly sure what your course is. I'm not exactly sure what your race is. But you can bank on it. Every one of you have a course. Every one of you have a race. Somebody says, I'm 80. Well, Caleb and Joshua just got started when they were 80. Kenneth Colton's 86 years old and he preaches like a 40-year-old. Come on, somebody. It ain't over. There's more life to live. Oh, say it with me. Hallelujah. I have fought the good fight. And I'm finishing my course. Number four. Draw your strength from Him. Draw your strength from Him. Ephesians 6.10 says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. I love this. That strength which His boundless might provides. Did you know that He has boundless might? And so what He's telling us today is sons, daughters, friends, draw your strength 
from me. Live in that secret place. And draw the strength for your race from me. And as you wait upon me, you shall renew your strength. As you spend time in my presence, my strength and my grace shall be multiplied unto you. For I am a God of increase, and I will increase your strength in these days. I will increase my grace upon you in order that you may finish your race. Great grace is upon us today. The Bible speaks of strengthening grace. Paul said to young Timothy, Thou therefore be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Friends, there's strengthening grace for whatever you may face. Whatever the circumstance, you just mark it down. God's grace is sufficient for you. But you've got to draw your strength from Him. And you've got to draw this grace from Him. Don't live flippantly. Don't live for yourself. Lean on, trust in, rely on His great strength and His great grace for your life. I declare His grace is sufficient for you. Glory to God. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. The strong spirit of the man will sustain him in a time of weakness, in a time of battle. The stronger you are, the more able you are to face life as a winner. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep your spirit built up. Keep your spirit built up. Exercise your spirit. Pray up. Praise up. Come on, somebody. Speak up. Shout up. Dance up. Use your faith. Exercise your spirit man. Roy Hicks preached a message, Winners at Raymond, 1976. Faith, use it or lose it. Don't let your faith lie dormant. Says, well, I don't have as, as much faith as, as Brian does. Well, you're not to compare yourself with Brian. You might have tennis shoe faith. There's nothing wrong with tennis shoe faith. There's nothing wrong with having faith to get some new socks. But don't pretend that you are somewhere you're not. Oh, hey. Huh? Don't assume things. Don't pretend you are somewhere where you're not. Start where you are. And if you start where you are, you will not stay where you are. You will experience ever-increasing faith. 
and you will grow and grow and grow and get stronger and stronger to where the things that used to phase you just bounce off your shield. When those fiery darts come, they're extinguished. Why? Because through experience, you have walked it out. And say it with me, I'm strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Number five, if you want to live strong and live long, you need to know your purpose. Find it and fulfill it. Listen, nothing else will ever satisfy. Somebody says, you're 73, when are you going to retire? Never. I mean, my ministry may take different shapes and different forms, but as far as the Lord is concerned and I'm concerned, we are here until the rapture of the church or until we breathe our last breath. Retire? To what? To what? To a country club membership. Well, whoopee-ding. Whoopee, whoopee, ding. I golf three times a week. Well, wonderful. I'm not against golfing. And I'm not against fishing. I'm not against any of those things. But they can't be our priority. They can't take place of God in our heart. You can only catch so many fish. You can only make so many eagles on the golf course. I'm still looking for my eagle. I used to get a birdie now and then, but the birdies have evaded me recently. Somebody said, well, I'm going to retire when I'm 65. That's fine. You retire from your job, but you never retire from God. (laughs) Is that right, P.T.? We're here for the long haul. PN, we're here for the long haul. Hallelujah. Amen. Get your social security. Great. But don't forget about your purpose. Don't forget about your reason for living. You're really living. If you're living for Him. I love a quote T.D. Jakes said. T.D. Jakes said this. If you can't figure out your purpose, figure out your passion. For your passion will lead you right into your purpose. Nothing else will satisfy Be passionate about what He's put on the inside of you. Serve Him with gladness. Serve Him with all your heart. You'll never be satisfied until you do. John Maxwell said this. He said, success is knowing your purpose in life. And growing to reach your maximum potential. And sowing seeds that benefit others. You serve in God. 
benefits others. You want to live long, live strong, find it, fulfill it, and do it. Number six, to live long and to live strong. Brenda talked about it today. We must walk in the fear of the Lord. Boy, I I just kind of felt people go, oh, Uh uh-uh. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. Let's look at a couple verses. Proverbs 9, 10, and 11 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied. And the years of thy life shall be increased. Proverbs 10, verse 27 says this, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Say with me, the fear of the Lord, it prolongs my days. A couple of things that the fear of the Lord means. The fear of the Lord means is to hate what God hates. Amen. He hates pride. He hates arrogancy. He hates the evil way. The fear of the Lord literally means to depart from evil. Whatever evil looks like, however it's trying to manifest in your life, depart from evil. But I think Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13 really sums it up. Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 13 says this, And now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? To do what? But to fear the Lord thy God. And what else? And what else? And what else? With all of thy heart and with all of thy soul. Woo, man. That's powerful right there. Somebody says, I can't do that. No, yeah, you can do it. You just don't want to. I mean, let's be honest about it. Most people don't want to walk in the fear of the Lord, but I'm persuaded that you do. Let's read it again. And now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Look at verse 13. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you this day. I want you to notice it's for your good. All the things that I've talked about this morning, they're for your good. They're for your benefit. And lastly, of course, there's just so much. (laughs) You You could preach three months on this. Longevity. You know, there's people that have, in the past, that have really lived a long time. There was a guy who lived 124 years old. And here's what he said when he was asked, what were the keys to you living long? He said, I just trust God. 
Pretty simple, right? In other words, I just place my confidence and I place my trust in God. And then he said something that was outside of the spirit. He says, and I've always smoked Prince Albert tobacco. (laughs) Well, that's not a license for you to go to the dispensary after church. And I've smoked Prince Albert and it's awful. 124 years old. Another lady, she was 112 or 114 years old, lived in Detroit, Michigan. Lived in maybe not such a great part of town. But someone came in to rob from her and to steal and to destroy. The man walked in and knocked this 112-year-old lady flat on her back. And she grabbed him (laughs) in a place where men don't like to be grabbed. (laughs) And he took off. 112! Now that's a lady that's living long and living strong. Hey, come on, somebody. We don't have to be intimidated by the enemy. And the quote of her son was this. It's a good thing she didn't have her gun. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Living long. Living strong. And lastly, please... Take care of your temple. Don't overcharge it. Don't overdo it. Don't allow your body to be drained. Rest it well. Feed it well. Move it well. You can move. Physical therapist told me many, many years ago, he says, just keep moving. You know, I believe that's a word for some of you. Well, let's back up. Get moving. (laughs) And if (laughs) if you are moving, keep moving. Amen. Brenda just had surgery this summer in June. They had hiatal hernia. Over half of her stomach was up above her diaphragm. And they did a wonderful job. A thoracic surgeon did a great job and pulled that baby down. Amen. But I mean, just a few days out of the hospital, she's out walking. Yesterday, she walked the neighborhood for 50 minutes. Now, she's almost 70. Huh? And some of you are in your 40s and you can't get off the couch? Hey! (laughs) No. Take care of your body. You only have one. You're not going to be reincarnated. You only have one body. And your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. Yes. 
Well, it's my body. I'll do what I want to do. It's my thing. It's my thing. I'll do what I want to do. Well, you may want to do what you want to do, but you may not want to get what you'll get. That's right. Right? I got Motown in my soul. Excuse me. The other night, Brenda and I went to San Jose and said, Ain't you proud to bear? Sweet darling. We saw the, the temptations. I've been singing my girl all weekend to her. Take care of your temple. You're not your own. Keep your body under. And bring it into subjection. Listen, by any means, you would be disqualified. I want to stay qualified, don't you? You know, for people to run in a race or to, to, to do to a, a car in a race, they've got to qualify. Just because you've qualified in the past, you've got to stay qualified. And the good news is this, Jesus qualified you. Because you are quality in His eyes. Well, that's my birthday message. I hope you got something out of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God.